0: Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on debt limit negotiations. Number two, Senator Tommy Tupperville holds strong on his holds of military promotions. And number three, what to expect with banking execs hitting Capitol Hill this week. All right, let's get into it. As All eyes continue to be on what is happening as related to the debt limit negotiations. President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris will meet with the Big Four at 3 p.m. in the White House, a critical session with just two weeks left before an unprecedented and potentially catastrophic debt default by the U.S. government. This meeting comes after a week of talks involving top aides and White House officials. While both sides say the staff level discussions have been productive, They only serve to reinforce the main problem in the stalemate so far. The principles, neither side, have given any ground. For the record, this could be a relatively straightforward agreement. We've been talking about this for weeks. On about the contours, what it could look like. Most lawmakers and aides tend to understand that any bipartisan deal will include budget caps, permitting reform, and rescinding tens of billions of dollars in unspent COVID money. There will be a lot of attention given to additional worker requirements for SNAP and other social welfare programs, but all sides acknowledge that that is a heavy lift. So let's be clear. Congressional negotiations often slog on without a glimmer of hope, only to be led to an agreement when you least expect it. It's often no, 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 and then finally yes. Yes. Yet with the clock ticking on impossible defaults, I think it's important that we lay out some evidence that these negotiations, and yes, the White House is negotiating over the debt limit, have some serious structural flaws that make this uniquely difficult. One, timing. Congressional leaders believe it will take up to 10 days to move any bipartisan agreement if it happens through the House and Senate. Remember, Speaker Kevin McCarthy agreed when he took the gavel to give members 72 hours to review legislation. Of course, as we've already seen, when it's come to other packages, they have moved faster and have made changes and tweaks at the last minute to get members on board. But still, uh, it's important to think about just the timing because the Senate, of course, needs a full week to process nearly any bill. Number two, the structure of the negotiations. Typically, fruitful negotiations do not happen with more than 10 people in the room. This process has featured a dozen or more at different points. Furthermore, participants on both sides of the aisle feel as if no one on the Democratic side can make decisions on behalf of the White House. Biden's top negotiator at this point is Louisa Terrell, head of White House Legislative Affairs. Over the weekend, Biden seemed to open the door to accepting GOP demands to increase work requirements for some social safety net programs. Of course, then we all know what happened. House Democrats freaked out. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries team forcefully pushed back during various internal meetings Monday on Capitol Hill. And now Biden has tweeted that he wouldn't accept new work requirements for SNAP, quickly shutting down a potential avenue for compromise. Number three, Biden is heading to Japan. Biden is, of course, scheduled to fly to Japan Wednesday for a week-long trip that also includes stops in Australia and Papua New Guinea. This is a kind of damned if he does, damned if he doesn't situation for Biden, but the stakes are incredibly high for the White House in both the budget talks and at the G7. Number four, GOP spending cuts. OMB director Shalanda Young has a new memo out this morning saying that House Republicans will have to slash spending for all other federal agencies by 30% next year, if they protect or even boost Pentagon, Veterans Affairs, and Homeland Security funding as promised. This is one reason why Democrats have taken such a hard line so far in these talks. They don't believe McCarthy and House Republicans can actually deliver on the spending cuts they've promised. One other dynamic to watch today, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is set to speak at a summit hosted by the Independent Community Bankers of America later today. Her her remarks, are going to feature some of the sharpest rhetoric we've ever heard from the Treasury Secretary on the debt limit. It's also worth pointing out that she's giving it to an assembly of community and regional bankers whose industry would be walloped by the financial crisis that could follow a default. We will be watching all of these dynamics and more as the negotiators sit down face-to-face, bringing you all of that news throughout the day. Let's move on to the number two story Of the morning, we are continuing to cover Senator Tommy Tuberville, the Republican from Alabama's decision to block senior military promotions over a drama with his position and frustration with the Pentagon's abortion policy. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell pronounced last week that he doesn't support Tuberville. But even as GOP opposition to his tactics build, Tuberville isn't facing any pressure to back down. Speaking to reporters on Monday evening, Tuberville said nothing will convince him to compromise on his position. He warned that he'll lift his holds on high-level military promotions only when the Defense Department rescinds its abortion policy or the Senate votes to codify it. Tuberville wouldn't even accept a handshake agreement with the Biden administration to have Congress address the matter as part of the defense authorization bill later this year. The off-ramp that seems most likely is for the Senate to vote on whether to codify the Pentagon's abortion policy or overturn it via the Congressional Review Act. But even that is far from a sure thing. We've got some news. Senator Jean Chihian, the Democrat from New Hampshire, and a big group of Senate Democrats introduced a bill to make permanent a policy that effectively expands abortion access for U.S. service members. While this legislation would likely get a majority in the Senate, it would fall well short of the 60 vote threshold tuberville's office has asked the gao if the defense department's abortion policy could be subject to a cra vote the impasse has frustrated senators from both parties especially with tuberville has meant more than 200 military promotions usually confirmed unanimously including high-level posts at nato and in the indo-pacific are being left in limbo we will be watching that very closely in the days and weeks to come All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. What to watch in today's wall-to-wall bank hearings. Capitol Hill's major financial committees are competing for your attention today with some hefty hearings in both chambers. Here's the top line guide. The Senate Banking Committee and House Financial Services Committee will be holding hearings at 10 a.m. The House will host federal financial regulators, while the Senate will hear much-anticipated testimony. From executives at the heart of March's banking crisis, Greg Becker, former CEO of Silicon Valley Bank, Scott Shea, co-founder and former chair of Signature Bank, and Eric Howell, Signature's former president, will all testify. Then the committee will swap dance partners. Bank executives testify in the House on Wednesday and financial regulators show up in the Senate on Thursday. These aren't the first hearings Congress has held on the bank failures, but this is the first time lawmakers will come armed with details from roughly 200 cumulative pages of reports released by the regulators last month. These reports look at possible supervisory failures from the spring and floated fixes for Congress to consider. Senate's bank executive hearing will be buzzy today. Lawmakers have been trying to get the executives at Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank to testify for months now, ever since the large regional banks were closed by regulators in mid March. And our very own Brendan Peterson reports that we expect Democrats to zero in on the bank's glaring risk management failures and whether regulators should have more freedom to claw back executive pay. Thank you so much for listening. That's all we got this morning. Just a reminder that I am going to be interviewing along with our financial services reporter, Brendan Peterson, Representative Nancy Mace, the Republican from South Carolina tomorrow at 9 a.m. You can RCP at our event hub at punchbowl.news. Jake is also going to be speaking with industry leaders uh, in the energy industry in a new format, The Briefing, a conversation on permitting reform. This is going to happen on May 31st at 9 a.m. I uh, would love for you to join us for that as well. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, please share about it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. If you don't already, please subscribe to our free morning newsletter at punchable.news. Have a great day and stay safe.